welcome to the Pouring My Art Out podcast. This is episode 39, and I am calling it English. The title is purposefully vague. This episode isn't about the English language so much as it is about the English people. Not that you can really separate the two, as I will demonstrate before long. Nor is this about English art, although once again, that certainly ties into it. It is Englishness that I want to talk about, those qualities that make the English so, uh, English. Let's hear from a sponsor while I figure out how to express my thoughts about Englishness into English words. Shop England online and eat like royalty. Try these products created under royal warrant for the royal family. Strumpets Crumpets, Lord Paisley's Spotted Dick, Lady Throckmorton's Clotted Cream, Mr. and Mrs. Beasley's Toad in the Hole, the Bubble Brothers Bubble and Squeak, Skinflint's Jellied Eels. Billy's Bangers and Mash, plus many candies and sweets made by the Queen's own confectioners. Try Namby Pambies, Rum Crusties, Licorice Grumbles, Choco Harlots, Oh I Says, What's All This Thens, and Butterscotch Bollocks, Crumbly Wumblies, Creamy Wickets, Jibber Jabbers, Snatch Wallops, Jolly Lollies, Tingly Winglies, Molly Coddlers, Lardies, and many more. We also have sundries like Stiff Upper Lip Balm, Bright Royal Rolls Royce accessories, or try the Queen's Own Naughty Knickers. That's Shop England online. Having had time to consider, I am going to contradict my earlier statements and start by speaking about the English language. This is a chance to examine the history of England and the people who live there through the looking glass of time and distance using the filter of a living language to look into the quintessential English soul. English, the language of Shakespeare. It is spoken all over the world. It is notoriously hard to write in. The spelling rules are inconsistent. The same letter combinations can be pronounced in different ways. I'm all about the bass. Or is it bass? The thing is... Oh, hey, hi, thing. Hi, Arthur. Good to see you. Hey, I wanted to say I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thanks for having me. That English is a hybrid language. England was invaded quite a few times. The language contains Latin from the Romans and French from the Normans. They are called Anglo-Saxons because the Angles and the Saxons paid them a visit or two. Parts of England still have Viking place names. 
So the language really does represent the historic hodgepodge that is the English race. Now add in all the influences they brought back home when their empire spanned the globe, and you can see how the language is one and the same with the history, which is how people end up the way they are. To start us off, we are going to play a game. I originally did this on my blog, and I will use that post as a beginning, but expand it upon slightly. We are going to play a game I like to call, Which of the following town names are the actual names of towns in England, and which are funny names that I just made up? Okay, here we go. Halt Whistle Hexham Ballin Mallard Swindon Kettlewell Walsdale's Head Workington Furnace Peebles Crumlin Nuneaton Wolverhampton Thrapston Thornaby Darlington Hartlepool West Woodburn Alnwick Hay on Wye Kidderminster Fosley Abergavenny Wisbeck Long Eaton, North Hykeham, Coningsby, Horncastle, Worksop, Thirsk, Bridlington, Hutton Le Hole, Kirkby Moorside, North Allerton, Masham, Brownness on Windermere, Seascale, Howtown, Pooley Bridge, Penrith, Middleton in Teesdale, Amble, Sanquahar, Cumnock, Troon, Dalmellington, Alloa, Bridge of Urn, Balquahitter, Dalwini, Balu, Moy, Six Mile Cross, New Buildings, Five Mile Town, Bolligolly, Guidor, Narbeth. The answer to the game question is that every single one of those names is a real place in the United Kingdom. I didn't make up any of them. I was going to make some up and throw them in, but really, can anybody make up more awesome names for real places than the ones on the list right there? I just looked on Google Maps. I didn't even zoom in on the maps very far. These are all fairly large towns. If I had zoomed in farther, I would be willing to bet that I would find some awesome place names. Maybe you should try doing that. Get to know your world a little better. I know we saw some awesome names while we were cruising around the English countryside. And I didn't use Scotland, Ireland, or Wales in this game because, man, Wales, that would have, that would have messed with your head. Go ahead, Google map Wales and try to pronounce some of the names of the towns. Well, just for fun, and this is the extended part, I googled funny English town names and came up with these. Back Passage, Mincing Lane, Mud Chute, Swallow Passage, Cumming Street, Cockfoster, Dick Turpin Lane, Cock Hill, Titley Close, Cockbush Avenue, Acock's Green, Bachelor's Bump, Backside Lane, Balls Green, Balls Cross, Bear Leg Hill, Beaver Close, Bedlam Bottom, Beef Lane, Beer, Beggar's Bush, Bell End near Licky End, 
Bishop's Itchington, Bitchfield, Boggy Bottom, Booty Lane, Bottoms Fold, Broad Bottom, Brown Willie, Bushy Gap, Cat Holes, Clap Hill, that's a village in Kent if you were wondering, Cock Alley, Cock Bridge, Cock Green, Cock Lane, Cock Law, Cock and Bell Lane, Cocker Mouth, Cockern Ho, Cocking, Cock and Take, Cock Play, Cocks, Cock Shoot Close, Cock Shot, Cock Shut Wood, Cock Up Lake District, Crack Pot, Crap Stone, Crotch Crescent, Dean's Bottom, Devil's Lapful, Dick's Mount, Fanny Barks, Fanny Avenue, Fanny Hands Lane, Feltum Close, Felt Well, Fingering Ho. I'm serious, I'm not making that up. Fingering Ho, Flesh Shank, Friar's Entry, Fudge Pack Upon Humber, in Humberside, Giggles Wick, Golden Balls, Gravelly Bottom Road, Great Cock Up and Little Cock Up, Hills in the Lake District, Great Hornwood, Grope Lane, Happy Bottom, Whole Bottom, Hole of Horicum, Holly Bush, Honey Knob Hill, Honey Pot Lane, Hooker Road, Horny Man in Kent, Horny Old Road, that's in Malvern Wells, Jolly's Bottom, Jugs Close, Knocker Down, Letch Lane, Licker Moor in Northumberland, Licker's Lane, Licky End, Lick Fold, Long Lover Lane, Men Love Avenue, Moisty Lane, I like that one, Moisty Lane in Staffordshire, Nether Wallop, Knob End, North Piddle, Ogle Close, Old Sodbury, Old Sodom Lane, Pant, Piddle River, Pork Lane, Pratt's Bottom, Prick Willow, Pump Alley, Ram Alley, Ram's Bottom, Rim's Well, Sandy Balls, Scratchy Bottom, those two sort of go together, Shags, Shitlingthorpe, Shitterton, Shittington, Six Mile Bottom, Slack Bottom, Slippery Lane, Snatch Up, Spanker Lane, Splat, Stains, Stow Come Quai, The Blind Fiddler, The Bush, The Knob, Thong in Kent, Tinkerbush Lane, Titcomb near Inkpen in Berkshire, Titlington Mount, Tiddy Hill in Sussex, Tiddy Ho in Northamptonshire, Toss Side, Turkey, Ugly, Upper Bleeding in Sussex, Upper Shoot, Upper Dicker and Lower Dicker, Upper Thong, <laughs> Upper Thong, <laughs> sorry, Upper Thong in West Riding, Yorkshire, Weeford, Wet Rain, Wet Wang in East Yorkshire, Wham Bottom Lane in Lancashire, Wide Open Newcastle, Winkle Street, and Wire Piddle. Okay, there you go. I'm sure there are more of them out there. Now, I am not making fun of the British. I love the British. I may have already mentioned some of this, but my family is from England. 
I do blog posts every year of our English Christmas dinner, the bloody roast beef, the Yorkshire pudding, and the flaming plum pudding for dessert. My name is Arthur Brown, with an E under Brown for crying out loud. A very English name indeed. Although the E got added somehow. Our relatives in England don't have the E. Family lore says it was a clerical error, but who knows. I am listening at work to a History of England podcast, 315 episodes so far. I've studied English history for years. I am an Anglophile. Technically, being adopted, I didn't know how seriously to take my English heritage, but thanks to those DNA tests my kids got me, I know that I really am mostly English. I have been to England twice. I have seen the Queen reviewing her household troops on her official birthday, not her actual birthday, which coincides with bad weather in England. We saw the entire royal family in their gilded carriages after the review, returning to Buckingham Palace, and we chased them down the Mall, then watched them come out on the balcony to do the royal wave at the people. I just put a short video on the blog of the Queen passing by in her carriage. Most English subjects haven't even seen the Queen. We had high tea in the crypts under St. Paul's Cathedral and then went to a church service there. I've been in the London Eye a few times. We saw one evening when a movie company shut down the bridge over the Thames River right in front of Parliament and Big Ben, which is the clock, not the tower, to film parts of the climactic scene from the James Bond movie Spectre and saw the black helicopter that crashes with the villain inside buzzing Big Ben in the river. We saw Les Mis in Soho, ate at a pub so old that Shakespeare used to get drunk there. I have been to the Tower of London. I have also been to Windsor Castle and seen the bullet that killed Admiral Nelson at the Battle of Trafalgar. I have been to Dover and Liverpool. Also, we stayed with cousins way out in the country. I petted a Shetland pony in a field. There are pictures of all this on the blog, although you would have to go back a ways or use the search bar thing. I mention all this just to make the point that I know a little bit about England and her history. And the thing is... Oh, hey, thing... Oh, oh wait, you're back? Already? I wasn't expecting you so soon. I'm doing my hair. The English are an astounding and interesting people. Like their language, the English are a rather confusing conglomeration of bits and pieces that don't always make sense or contradict one another. But the result just works somehow. They tend to be a quiet, understated people, polite and even somewhat self-suppressed. Their cops don't even carry guns. They form lines, cues as they call them, at the drop of a hat. They hate making a scene. Yet the same group of people inhabiting a tiny wet island owned a vast empire that spanned the globe. They took on the Nazis, the Spanish Armada, Napoleon. They are determined. The British bulldog is an apt symbol. When pushed into a corner... Their backbones are as stiff as their upper lips. I remember our Aunt Nora, who used to come and visit us, a tiny, frail old woman who loved me and my brothers in that sweet, unassuming way that generation of Britishers had. She was a missionary in Africa between the world wars. She was in London during the German Blitz when it was bombed continuously. I asked her about that once, what it was like going down into the subway tubes. 
She told me about drinking tea down there and then just going out after each bombing and carrying on. And she said, in an oh-so-English way, something I will never forget. She said, You can't let a spot of bother like we had with that Hitler chap get in your way. I also remember that if she wanted to go to the store or the post office, she never asked for a ride. She would just trudge off in her sensible shoes, clutching her little net shopping bag, and get it done. Remember, we lived in hill country in the Bay Area, across the bay from San Francisco. She had a long way to go with a long climb at the end. I loved that woman. So let's talk about art, which this podcast is supposedly about, sort of. And since we have already talked about the English language, and I said something to the effect that you can't separate the art, the language, and the people, let me clarify that point. I mentioned Shakespeare, even though he wrote in a language that is barely recognizable as the English we speak today, his words still speak to us, uh, so to speak. Say what you will about Winston Churchill, the man was gifted when it came to the English language. It has been said that he was the best public speaker in that tongue. I highly suggest you read his novel, The History of the English-Speaking Peoples, and his World War II books. And let's not forget J.R.R. Tolkien. In a way, I have always considered The Hobbit to be his tribute to the English. Hobbits are a little clannish. They are set in their ways. They like comfort, a pretty garden, tea and cakes. They love quiet domesticity. But when you get them to go on an adventure with you, they go all the way. They even surprise wizards with their courage and perseverance. Ian Fleming's James Bond, another cultural icon. There are so many gifted English writers, which leads us to songwriters. Obviously, the Beatles will pop into our minds. The Who, The Stones, Pink Floyd, Queen. But I have two words for you. Led Zeppelin, hands down the most talented group of people to hit the rock scene. They have the widest range of sound styles of any band. Nobody sings like Robert Plant. Nobody plays guitar like Jimmy Page. The fact that they ended the band when John Bonham the drummer died because they couldn't replace him says it all, especially considering how many bands are still touring with, like, one original member. And what about humor? Why are the English so freaking funny? While we pause to consider that question, let's listen to another commercial announcement. Now available in the USA, it's Scotty's Tiny Crunchy Haggis Balls. They are made using only the finest crack squirrel guts from wild crack squirrels hunted by Scotty himself and mixed with oats, suet, and special seasonings before being stuffed into the stomachs of the very same crack squirrels and then boiled. After that, they are fried to make them crunchy. These tiny crunchy haggis balls are the perfect snack. You can eat them with a spoon or just grab handfuls from the bag and cram them into your mouth. You can taste the crack in every mouthful. 
This product contains small amounts of actual crack cocaine and can be highly addictive. Overuse of this product can cause diarrhea, sleep disorders, irritable bowel syndrome, jitteriness, hallucinations, anal leakage, heart murmurs, mood swings, agitation, anxiety, depression, twitchiness, and speaking in a bad Scottish accent. Not available in Florida or Washington, D.C. Well, um, there you go. Moving right along, and once again, combining the English language with the English character, what makes the British so dang funny? I love their droll, dry, understated humor, but I love the -the over-the-top stuff as well. The Monty Python gang are a comedic legend. I love Rowan Atkinson, who played Blackadder and Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is brilliant. Almost no dialogue at all. Eddie Izzard is hilarious. I got to talk to him once. I love classic British comedy on the BBC. Not everybody loves Benny Hill. Yes, it's a little sexist, but that guy could do puns and wordplay. I love keeping up appearances. Hey, 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 Arthur. It's Jimmy. Is that the one with the lady named Bucket who always says... Bouquet residence, lady of the house speaking. Yep, that's the one, Jimmy. I also love that Are You Being Served show, the one where Mrs. Slocum is always talking about her pussy. Uh, you know that's her cat, right, Jimmy? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Okay, bye, Arthur. Bye, Jimmy. If you have a streaming service or whatever you kids use to watch TV these days, might I suggest a few British comedies you might have missed. Red Dwarf is a sci-fi comedy. The Miranda Hart Show is awesome and silly. But a show called The Young Ones is probably my favorite all-time weird British comedy. Although The Mighty Boosh comes close. Before I wrap this episode up, I would like to thank my British research and consultation team. Nigel Alringham, Basil Brimble, Clive Crowley, Camilla Swern, Pip Paget, Giles Crutchley, Cordelia Tricklebank, Eunice Hawtree, Rupert Bertwistle, and Hermione Hogswart. Okay, bye, people. Okay, bye, people. We will play you out with Rule Britannia. Oh, and thank you, Scotty, the Scottish crack squirrel, for your truly memorable version of Scotland the Brave, which you played for your own commercial. Let's finish up with that song, shall we?